this makes three times back at the cafe at Arctic Junk Music and feeling better all the time. Especially today because I get to geek out about obscure records. As you may know, the only Portland representation in the winter circle at the Grammys this year was when Omnivore Recordings won for It's Such a Good Feeling, The Best of Mr. Rogers. Omnivore isn't totally based in Portland, but one of the founders lives here. Her name is Cheryl Pavelski, and she is a curator's curator and a geek's geek. It's also her second Grammy. Their catalog is amazing. Just looking at the titles makes me happy. We're going to have some fun. Let's meet Cheryl. Welcome to the cafe at Artichoke. Thank you. I wish I liked artichokes. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like artichokes? I know. Weird, right? It is weird. I don't know. <laughs> There's no accounting for taste. Yeah, really. <laughs> L.A., you don't like artichokes? Portland, you don't like artichokes? I don't know where. I'm Man. just arti- not an artichoke fan. I don't know. I, you know, it's, it's like good music, right? You need an entry point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't found my way around an artichoke yet. Well, I'd rather have artichoke than kale, so... Oh, see, I can do the kale. Oh, I know. It's pretty rough. (laughs) (laughs) Well, congratulations on the Grammy. Oh, thank you. I know it's not your first. Yes. And you must be totally jaded by now. I'm so jaded. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's just a lovely thing to be honored by your peers and, you know, have, have projects that you work on um, sometimes for years, you know, be recognized. So it's very nice. How many years did you work on the on the Mr. Rogers? Well, the Mr. Rogers happened relatively quickly by uh-huh. comparison to some because um, my friend uh, Morgan Neville uh, directed the documentary uh-huh. on, and uh, we, you know, I mean, we were knocking around L.A. when, you know, we were just little sprouts. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we've been friends for a long time. So we went to the premiere, and I, I think that was probably the year before the record came out. So huh. it wasn't a terribly long time. Uh-huh. But that's, of course, that's not the first Mr. Rogers you've got on the label, right? Um, it was the first. Oh. Yeah. We, we followed it up with some of the albums after uh-huh. the best uh-huh. of uh-huh. Um, because we just found that um, people wanted more Mr. Rogers. Why not? Give the you people know? what they want. Why not? <laughs> so uh, so this, this album, uh, what you won the Grammy with, was, it was curated rather than t- just an existing album. Correct. Yeah. Um, ah. I, you know, I looked around and it, when we went to that premiere, I asked Morgan why there wasn't a soundtrack. Uh-huh. He's like, well, I, don't know, I was busy making a movie. And yeah. I said, oh, come on. Yeah. And, you know, he said he was um, he felt like there was a, a void out there as well. There just wasn't um, there wasn't a best of out uh-huh. there that none uh-huh. of the re- a lot of the records weren't available. Uh-huh. So I said, aha, something for me to do. So uh, he put us in touch with uh, uh, Fred Rogers Productions. And then I asked my usual question, which is, do you have any unissued material? (laughs) And I I know it was kind of a a funny question to ask them. Uh I kind of had to walk them through what I was looking for. But um, in all the research I did, I I found that the song Tomorrow, which he used to end the episodes with, uh-huh. had never been on a record. Wow. And they had a recording of it. So, you know, huh. I was able to add some previously unissued Mr. Rogers. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, when you were a kid, did you watch Mr. Rogers? Oh, sure. Yeah. See, I'm too yeah. old for that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was I was of the. What do you mean? Yeah, you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, a lot of people missed it. You know, I missed things that came after. I, like, I don't care about the Power Rangers. Um, <laughs> we had the original uh, uh, Romper Room. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where I'm from, yeah, yeah. Nice, yeah. 
Well, also, you know, I, I would imagine Mickey Mouse Club. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yes, indeed. So yes, you, indeed. you had your things. And Kukla, Fran, and Ollie, or was that? No, no that was around the same time. Okay, good. Yeah. 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 And Howdy Doody, of course. Was oh, the, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah that stuff. Before the Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah, I was very much of the um, Sesame Street uh-huh. uh, electric company, Mr. Rogers era. Uh-huh. So. so did you really like Mr. Rogers back then? Yeah, I think all kids did. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you know, it, but, it, you know, it was just one of those things where I, I'm always, you know, I'm I'm in a fortunate position now. Instead of just curating records, I get to curate a, a label. Yeah. You know, very fortunate position. And I'm always looking for things that have interesting stories. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, the, the, the documentary, if you haven't seen it, um, that Morgan did. Uh-huh. It's beautiful. And yeah. he's become such a wonderful storyteller. Uh-huh. Um, for film and uh he's just he's great and the story is great yeah so yeah. you know uh, that's what i'm looking for and why wouldn't you you know if if you had the the creative agency that i do have mm-hmm. why wouldn't you do it why not yeah it's your label exactly <laughs> <laughs> me me and my partners we're the boss there you go you know? i don't have yeah. to ask anybody no, of course not <laughs> the first time you know i i i have to admit that that um uh I, I did not have Mr. Rogers in my heart. Oh. Okay. I mean, because I was I was I was older and right. more skeptical. Okay. <laughs> huh. But one of the first times I, I really understood what he meant was one of my favorite people in the whole world, and I know you know her is Beth Harrington. Uh huh. Sure. I love Beth Harrington, and she's just fabulous. And she yep. she tells great Mr. Rogers stories. Yes. Because she went to P- Pittsburgh and yep. and, and, and worked with him, and she has the pictures to prove it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And and then I went, oh, okay, uh, now I get it. Yeah. 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 No, I, you know, and, and, and again, you know, um, if there wasn't a great message and a great story there, yeah. I'd step off that, you know? Right. So. And, of course, there's always the, the Eddie Murphy, Mr. Yeah. Rogers. <laughs> of course, yeah. Well, <laughs> that goes without saying, too. Um, but, yeah, you know, I mean, that record has also become our best-selling title huh. in our catalog. So, you know, it was it was a good choice. <laughs> so, how did you find out that you won? Well, you know, this year was um, yeah m- more anxiety riddled than any other because of the the technological issues. Right. So, um, you know, we found out the same time everybody else did live, uh, wow. but on my computer. <laughs> huh. So, um, and it was it was nerve wracking. I mean, it's nerve wracking to begin with when you're sitting in that audience and you may or may not have to give a speech yeah right yeah yeah this time i was most concerned about um the technology and Mm -hmm. i think we were the only ones on the on the stream i was going to say broadcast that did this where we held up an ipad because my um uh co-producer uh and his wife were in indiana and uh my restoration and mastering partner and his wife were in LA and we were able to have them zoom into the iPad that my wife was holding here in Portland. (laughs) (laughs) And it's funny because you can see as I'm doing my 32nd, you know, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, there's a time delay and you can see, uh, Mike and joy find out first in LA (laughs) about halfway through my acceptance speech. (laughs) And then at the end, uh, Lee and Cynthia find out. So it's kind of fun (laughs) to watch it ripple across the country. (laughs) Did you have something prepared? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you why. 
how annoyed are people when they're watching awards shows, yeah. which are awards shows to begin with, right. and somebody gets up and goes, I was never expecting this. I don't know what to say. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're one of five right. nominees. <laughs> what weren't you expecting? How? That's just lame. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. So, you know, anytime that this has been a possibility in my career, I, um, I write it all down. I work on it and I want to make sure I don't miss anybody because, you uh -huh. know, it's not like I work in a vacuum. I, right. I work with a, a enormously wonderful team of people uh -huh. you know uh -huh. so so what what is the process who uh, uh, what, what percentage do you think uh, of the, the releases on on omnivore is your idea uh, that's a good question because <laughs> well because it's it's what is the idea right um the idea is you 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 call everybody you email everybody else saying I want to release all the Bonzo Dog Band albums. Sure. <laughs> well, um, don't you? Oh, sure, of course. <laughs> You'd sell three copies, you, me, and somebody else. I know. Um, I interviewed, um, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Vivian? No, I wish. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 um, not Eric Idle, but the guy who's like Eric Idle. Anyway, whatever uh, his name was. I interviewed him once before he died. Nice. Yes, it was wonderful. I'm sure, I'm sure. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know how to put a number on it. Um, mm -hmm. We all contribute. We all mm -hmm. have ideas. We all have things yeah. that we would like to pursue. Um, I get pitched the most stuff because I, I've been doing this my whole career. Yeah. Well, post-waitress career. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, um, artists, writers, managers, attorneys, fans, you know, you name it. Um, they, they throw it at me and see if it sticks. And, uh -huh. um, some things I've considered doing in the past, and maybe that's the thing that moves me to, uh -huh. to get something going, or I see an opportunity out there, but, um, you know, it's, uh, me and m my three partners uh -huh. and, um, sort of other team members, we all kind of agree to agree. Uh -huh. You know, there's some things I push on a little bit more just because I see that there's going to be an opportunity to leverage it up in the world. Uh -huh. You know, um, like we have um, uh, this week, is it this week? Last week, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Last week we released um, a double uh, Peggy Lee disc um, ah. from her radio shows of mostly all previously unissued material. Uh -huh. And mm -hmm. there's a lot of things going on uh, with Peggy Lee's Centennial and all of these yeah. other things. So there's yeah. opportunities out there, you know. Yeah. So now, and I've known um, Holly, her granddaughter, who who runs the estate since my capital days. Yeah. So you know, it's it's not necessarily um, ideas, though. There certainly are ideas that I have. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, there are more opportunities and. Um, they have to come at the right time because uh -huh. uh, we're not made of money, <laughs> so we can't <laughs> advertise and market our way yeah. to successes. Yeah. Uh -huh. I need to kind of uh, look at what's going on out there, and every now and then you catch a little piece of the, the zeitgeist and yeah. maybe yeah. have a Mr. Rogers moment. Yeah, really. You know? Who was the piano player on that Peggy Lee? Was it Jerry Cohen? Uh, I'm trying to remember. Was, was it Cohen? 
I'd have to go look. Yeah. I can't remember. I, I know he, he was, he played with her a lot. It was, I mean, yeah. I know that because his daughter was a girlfriend of mine well, for a while. <laughs> <laughs> it was two, um, they did, uh, they started in New York and then they uh -huh. went to LA and they changed the band leaders. So I'm not sure yeah, yeah. Of, of the different bands. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so um, uh, you've moved here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She says with a rueful laugh. Well, you know, I'm I'm breathing Portland oxygen today. I, you know, it's <laughs> living is is a stretch uh, during a pandemic. You know, yeah, so. Yeah. Um, so I know your wife t teaches at Reed. She's the president. The president. Yes. Is that why you 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 got the uh, the Allen Ginsberg? Well, yeah, I, I uh, tell everybody about that, okay. Cheryl. <laughs> I'd love to. <laughs> um, we we moved up here in. July of 2019 when she accepted uh -huh. the presidency and um, we thought it would be a, a great thing because of its proximity PDX to Burbank is yeah. a very quick flight and I could get back to doing studio work and whatever chasing you know my partners around Los Angeles and um, and then pretty much everything shut down but before it did we went to a rugby game um, <laughs> Uh, on campus on mm -hmm. the, that big back lawn yeah. and um, Gregory McNaughton um, who um, I, th I think his daughter his daughter was playing um, he came up to me and we just started talking tunes you know like I do yeah and um, he said well you know about the the Ginsburg recording <laughs> it was the first time he read uh, the first recording of him reading Howl yeah and I went you know uh -huh. uh, per periscope up yeah. you know yeah <laughs> And I said, where is this tape? And uh, just happened to be in the archives and um, they, uh, they let us borrow it. And because we had previously worked with the Ginsburg estate, um, it was a pretty easy call to just uh -huh. say, hey, you know, this is, this is pretty Im Im important. How long after publication did he do this reading? Do you know? I think this predates the final publication. Really? But, well, yeah, oh. it, was, it was one of the early draft Huh. versions. Huh. This was huh. March of So there's 56. differences? Yeah. Ah. Yes. So um, I had uh, uh, Professor uh, Pancho Savory was, was uh, uh, wonderful writing the notes. Uh, he had taught this material uh -huh. before. Uh -huh. So uh, I, I really wanted to hook it into the history of Reed too. And, and so uh -huh. Pancho being a, a professor there uh, is one, and he's, he's great. Like the, the, the notes, um, I, I really wanted the notes to tie this to Reed, and I learned so much more about the traditions at Reed, including the calligraphy. Uh -huh. um, Gary Snyder, another poet, yeah. that Ginsburg had come to Portland to just to hang out. He wasn't uh -huh. planning on reading. Huh. Um, he wound up reading both nights with Gary. Wow. And um, Gary had come up, he had, he had attended Reed in the calligraphy program. Huh. And so, because there were no flyers or any pictures of this event, Gregory McNaughton, the aforementioned Gregory McNaughton, yeah. I had, he's, he's part of the tradition of calligraphy at Reed. So hmm. I had him wow. do the cover. Nice. So yeah, nice. It, it, it all ties yeah. in. And, and the other thing I, I was excited to have uh, Pancho address in the notes was um, the musicality of poetry being read out loud uh -huh. especially with Ginsburg. Oh yeah. oh yeah and so um you know he he ties it in the louis jordan and you uh -huh. know all kinds of that stuff so uh -huh. Uh -huh. it's it's great and then he also he does um 
he does pinpoint the differences in the released manuscript versus some of these early uh-huh. versions. So uh-huh. not Ish- unlike Ishmael Reed is completely musical. Yeah. You know those Conjure albums? Yeah. I love those. Well, that's and that's the thing, you know. Naka Naka Kawaka. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, people say, oh, the spoken word stuff doesn't have anything to do with music. I said it has everything to do with music. It yeah. has everything to do with that kind of cadence. Yeah. And, yeah. you know. So. The only album with Alan Toussaint and Lester Bowie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, Toussaint. That's <laughs> I was lucky. I was I was lucky. I got to interview him a few months before he died. Oh, did you? Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was nice because I, I play "Sweet Dreams" Uh from his last album. Yeah, with well, I guess no, it wasn't his final album, but it was it was uh, um, almost uh, to end my radio show every week. Oh, okay, lovely. And um, he was so happy to hear that because he thought that song was lost forever. No one ever heard of it. Ah. It was wonderful. What a, well, what a moment. You know what he did one time? I had him. I, did, I, I, I had a, a show on, a, on a, a station here. And, of course, he was in New Orleans, and I got hooked up with a, 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 an interview. Right? We did, I did an hour with him on the radio. Mm-hmm. And he was so wonderful. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, I, start, I, I started to, to promote the fact that we were, you know, we went, after the commercial, we we're gonna play. We're gonna t- talk about Professor Longhair. Uh huh. And he, he would he was doing it in, in his studio. Uh-huh. And he played me out the commercial. Oh yeah. Without even without, no oh, no pre planning or anything. It was almost like my God. I just well, I just went to heaven. Oof, so good, <laughs> so good. Okay, this is gonna bug me because I don't know when how was published. Oh. And that is that is just a a, a horrible thing. So let me just look it up because otherwise I'm just gonna go crazy. Okay. <laughs> It's all right. But we can keep talking while I do that. No, no, that'll, that'll take longer. How? <laughs> She's, uh, the, the, the thumbs are going, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to find it. She, I'm going to find it. She will find it. It just makes 1956. 56, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was the yeah. same year of the reading. Okay, I feel yeah, better now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so was, 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 was he and Gary Snyder involved? How do you mean? Well, you know, like boyfriends. Oh, I have no idea. Oh personal lives Be- well because <laughs> it's it's i don't think it's ever a good idea to have a poet for a for a partner <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't know they, i have a lit professor oh believe me <laughs> they, they, they know way too much oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. well people who read a lot yeah yeah it's yeah. <laughs> okay i always say mary smarter than yourself and I, I i did so you know so you you worked at rhino i did what did you do there uh i was the head of anr Really? Yeah. Um, now, were those the days of Come to Rhino Records on Westwood <laughs> Boulevard? Uh, no, the store was still there when yeah. I was in L.A. But um, <laughs> now this was this was later. This was after they had been acquired and ah. became the um, catalog group for the Warner Music Group. Ah. So ah. the the days you speak of, I was at Capitol Records. I was over the hill. Ah. <laughs> they have nice people there. They'll show <laughs> yeah. you where the records are. Right, and then those kazoos and yeah, yeah everything else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now wild, they, wild man Fisher. Yeah. yeah. I'm, by by that point, they they really were. Um, mm-hmm. They really were the Warner Music Group catalog department, and you know, I mean, they were still. You could still do some of those cross-license compilations, uh-huh. um, but you know those were also waning by that time because yeah. you know the 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 job of of that area of the company then was really to um, exploit the catalogs that they controlled for Warner's Reprise, Atlantic, right. etc. Right. So, uh-huh. so yeah. with Omnivore, by the way, why is it called Omnivore? My wife. 
because we we were <laughs> the aforementioned lit professor. We, yes. we we were trying very hard to you know it, it's hard to name a company um, and get the trademarks and copyrights through because you know it's 2021. A lot of things have been thought of already, yes, right? Yes. So um, you know we were really trying to to figure out. Um, a name that we could all live with and, <laughs> and would describe what we do. And that's the point. You know, yes. she said, uh, yes. you are musical omnivores. And <laughs> we said, ah, you know, that, that has to have been taken. And <laughs> nope. But, um, you know, the, the, uh, it's a little bit um, not true because, you know, it makes us sound like we like everything. We don't discriminate, yeah. you know, yeah. good things versus bad things. That's not true. We, we do. But. But it, it meant that, you know, we are uh, genre agnostic. How's yes, that? You yes, know, because yes. why be limited? Yeah. I knew it, it was going to... It's why you have the doo-wop Rivieras and not the wild weekend Rivieras. Correct. Is that but, it? you know, we would have them both. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Really? Sure. <laughs> if there was a reason. Yeah. <laughs> if there was a good story, right? Yeah. 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 So, and, uh, you know, and also... Uh, Part of the thing is is adding adding value and and that I, I don't mean an extra buck i mean um if you're going to add a page or a chapter to an artist's career that adds value uh -huh. right something uh -huh. people haven't heard before yeah if you're going to take a longtime fan and blow their mind yeah that's that to me is added value absolutely you know right. so and that's why you know we focus on on the story and mm -hmm. just sort of not you know, there's a lot of labels that just do reissues, right? They knock right. out things that haven't been on CD before, and yeah. that provides a service. Uh -huh. But th it's it's that's we do a little bit of that uh -huh. um, on occasion, but it's just not that interesting to me. Uh -huh. You know, I I really do um, like to mine um, a little deeper than that. Huh. So. Huh. I notice you have a number of of uh, reissues or 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 compilations from the co-ed label. Yeah. Why is that? Um, well, you know, and here's here's one of the situations. Um, twofold. One is uh, my friend is one of the owners of the label, uh -huh. so I had an opportunity yeah. to utilize those masters and not have to license from a major label, which is onerous and expensive. Yeah. Um, but two, uh, I had. I've had the exceptional fortune to work with or for people that um, were pretty foundational in 20th century music. Uh -huh. And, um, you know, I've, I've gotten to work with Jack Holtzman, who uh -huh. founded Electra Records. Yeah. I've gotten to work with Joe Boyd, who produced uh -huh. all kinds of amazing things. And I had two bosses. The first one was a guy named Pete Welding. Uh -huh. And Pete was uh, a blues and jazz guy through and through. Yep. And... Um, had his own label that came out of the basement at, of Delmark uh, in uh, <laughs> in Chicago uh, called Testament Records. Uh -huh. And um, after he passed, I um, I got I got round two with a guy named Bob Hyde. Oh boy! And Bob Bob was a doo-wop and rockabilly dude. So yeah. and, and all of these things er, that early in my career, Pete and and. Pete and Bob, you know, I mean, here I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little kid, uh -huh. fresh off the beer and cheese truck from Wisconsin, <laughs> and they don't, they don't even see that, you uh -huh. know, they just see that I am hungry for this stuff. Yeah, 
And so I, I you know, Bob produced all those doo-wop boxes for Rhino. And uh -huh. so, um, you know, each, each little segment of time that I had with those guys, I just, you know, those guys were libraries and I, I would just pelt them with questions all day uh -huh. long. Like, forget uh -huh. about doing my job, you know. <laughs> I just wanted to sit there and, and learn more. So yeah. I went deep on the doo-wop and deep on the rockabilly. In fact, um, my first Grammy nomination was for a project called Rock and Bones, uh -huh. which was all, um, Bob and I were working on it. We wanted it to be all the dangerous and weird rockabilly tunes from the absolute weirdos who thought they were going to be Elvis, uh -huh. you know, and, uh -huh. um, and it's so much fun. And Colin Escott wrote really hilarious, wonderful notes for it. And, um, uh. you know, Bob, Bob passed away before, um, I was able to get it out with him at Capitol, but, um, I wound up taking it over to Rhino before I actually worked there. I worked huh. on it with James Austin. There, yeah. So we got that. Was, out. was the legendary Stardust Cowboy on that? <laughs> Um, I can't. That was so long ago. <laughs> I interviewed the, the Major Bill. Yeah. The guy who produced uh, Paralyzed. Yeah. And also he produced um, Hey Baby. Uh huh. By Bruce Chanel. Oh my God! Yeah, it's a great. I one. had him. Used to, I used to do a network uh, radio show in the in the in the, in the late eighties, and I was I would have him on there occasionally because uh -huh. he was in, he was insane. Yeah. <laughs> and he put out a bunch of of I still I still have him somewhere. A bunch of Elvis 45 RPM records. Uh huh. Okay. And it was stuff, it was totally bogus. Mm -hmm. It was like one where, where <laughs> there was an Elvis impersonator, like pretending to record, record some song with a band, mm -hmm. and would stop. And he stopped in the middle and saying, I just heard they shot President Reagan. Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> Major Bill, oh boy! Crazy stuff, though. <laughs> it is yeah. crazy stuff. And it's so wonderful. this was this was of yeah. you know, uh, of the era of the Elvis era, yeah. but, and and so it was sort of you know it was a sideways look at at rockabilly. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. It was yeah. a lot of fun yeah. stuff. Yeah. Have you ever run across the original Otis Blackwell um, recordings that he did to, for Elvis? Uh, like the demo stuff. Yeah, the demo stuff. Because oh. there's a guy, usually I, I, I used to hang out, I used to hang with Otis. Okay. And, but I never got my hands on the, on the demos. Huh. And it, it's, it's a, it's, it's a, it's not a, it's not really controversial except for about six people in the world, right? Uh -huh. About whether Elvis did copy the demos or didn't copy the demos. Right. And whether Elvis was, whether Otis was imitating, Elvis was imitating Otis or Otis was imitating Elvis or what, you know? Right. But, uh, so you don't know? I don't know. Damn. I don't know. Well, if you don't know, who does? <laughs> well, I, just, I have a lot of stuff. <laughs> you know? And it's, it's like, it's, it's getting so long now. You know, people yeah. ask me about things I did in the 90s. And, uh, and you know, it's funny because I'll, 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 I'll talk to artists that I'm working with that have had, you know, 50-year careers. And yeah. I'm like, why don't you remember this thing from 1959, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I'm starting to feel like them now. Like, I don't know. That was, you know, 300 projects ago. Yeah, know, yeah. So. Oh, I understand. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, I bet I have something somewhere. How's that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there is a there are a couple of, of tunes on YouTube. Yeah. That purport to be the demos, but who could knows? Could be. You know, who could knows? be. I'm maybe yeah. on some publishing samplers yeah, somewhere, yeah. right? At least Otis got his money for fever. Right. Yes. Right. 
But yeah. I was I was I always wonder if if little Willie John had to pay it back. Because <laughs> <laughs> that money was gone. That was a good. Uh, that would be a good story to find out. Right? It would be. It would be. There would be six of us who would want to know that. That's right. <laughs> Come on. If we make it really good, it'll be a miniseries, <laughs> and the whole world will care. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so, uh, as far as Reed goes, yeah. Do Do you know Doctor Demento? I do. Because that's where he got to start. He did, yes. I interviewed him once. Uh-huh. I, was, I was doing a TV show here, and I interviewed him once. They had just cleared out, or just not, it wasn't even cleared out. They had just taken all the gear out of, his old, out of the old studios. Mm-hmm. So I got to interview him in this, in this wreckage yeah. of his, his, his uh, um, college uh, uh, t- uh, radio studio. Oh, that's which awesome. Was very interesting. That's so, awesome. Yeah, he's a, he's a really nice man. And, um, and not funny. <laughs> He's not, funny. not at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, he. Well, yeah, such a smart guy and yeah. knows so yeah. much stuff. And um, <laughs> yeah, I um, when we when we were coming up here, I I made made the connection again. I I hadn't talked to him in years. He was friends, of course, with all of the um, uh, originators at Rhino. Yeah, obviously. Oh sure. And um, yeah. you know, I grew up listening to Fish Heads on his program. <laughs> Eat them up, yum. On Sunday nights, you know, in Milwaukee. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I knew, I knew all that stuff, you know, Martian hop, all, all the stuff he used to play on that show. Yeah. So it was, it was nice to connect, reconnect with him uh-huh. saying, Hey, you know, my wife just became the president of Reed. Uh, <laughs> we'll be, we'll expect to see you. Um, and he, he, he has been, I've been told that he has been, you know, a friend to the college oh, and, sure. and participates sure. in Lots alumni things. So yeah. yeah. He used to come up every year. Yeah. You know, yeah. but I don't know. Is he still in the air? Is he still? Does he still have a show? Oh, I don't know. Me neither. I mean, with the internet, you'd think he did. You think he yeah, would? Yeah, probably be easy enough to do, especially yeah. during yeah. these days. Right. Yeah. Mm. I would hope so. <laughs> well, lots of us at KMHD have to have to do our shows that way. Yeah. 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 I've done so many Zoom interviews and phone interviews and it's nice to be sitting across from somebody it is a real live human being it is it's a lot more fun <laughs> even with these things over our face yes yes it sound like i'm under a pillow or something i know <laughs> i know it sucks but what are you gonna do yeah soon enough <laughs> yeah soon yeah. enough i hope so what's coming out what's coming out what is coming out well i just can't even talk about those sorts of things oh yeah, dead sign silence. I know. No, the reason is I. I well, I don't mean I don't want you to to, to blow any any information, but you must right. have some new releases. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> sure. No, I, I always get asked like, like what what interesting things are coming up, and um, I can't. I usually can't say because if they don't happen, then right. people get angry. Uh, yeah, right. And but I I am looking at my phone again, and I apologize. I can't remember everything. There's so much stuff happening. I can't remember anything. <laughs> So let's see. I couldn't um, remember the guy from the Bonzo Dog Band. Oh, right. I, I can't either. So right. there you go. Um, Palace Guard compilation. Uh-huh. Um, L.A. 60s band. Uh-huh. Um, uh, Alex Chilton and High Rhythm Section uh-huh. live on Beale Street, which is great because uh-huh. all yeah. the high guys are just amazing. It still has Teeny and... Huh. And everybody so that, that's uh-huh. a set of uh, cover tunes yeah. that he did for um, a benefit. What kind of stuff did he cover? Um, the usual stuff, uh, you know, like he would do boogie <laughs> shoes and, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. things like that. Yeah. Fun things. Um, 
uh, Richard Pryor records. <laughs> from um, from Laugh. Yes, and um, the label and, I mean, and the original one. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I have that. Because uh, the es the estate controls those now, uh -huh. and my friend Reggie Collins, another um, uh -huh. Rhino uh, alum, uh, he produced all the box sets, including the ones for Shout Factory. Uh -huh. And so um, we're taking all of that stuff that's now out of print and getting it back into print. Ah, so that's great. Yeah. That's great. Um, let's see. Got some Richard Hell stuff happening. And the Voidoids. Yes, the all second right. album called yeah. Destiny Street. Uh, Steve Goodman. I've been working on a lot of Steve Goodman stuff ah. because I've been a longtime fan. Uh -huh. And um, who isn't? So uh, I've got a record called "The Sure Look Good on Paper," and that's <laughs> um, that's a, a demos album. Really? Uh huh. Wow. Um, Hassan Ibn Ali, huh. uh, 1965 pianist from uh -huh. Philadelphia. Uh -huh. This is uh, an uh, unissued Atlantic record from '65. Really. And uh, we've already had one NPR story on it, and uh, it's coming out next week. Uh -huh. It's kind of a, um, a big deal. He did one record <coughs> with Max, Max Roach. Uh -huh. And um, then Atlantic recorded him. Uh -huh. they, they wanted to have a record by him, but then he got busted for drugs. Oh, so they distanced themselves from him. Yeah. And um, this yeah, because nobody was doing drugs. Nobody. <laughs> uh, so this record was buried and um, the, the, the tapes were in the warehouse that burned in 78. Oh, However, somebody made acetates of the tapes. Wow. And so this is restored from those acetates. Um, so, you know, uh, more stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. You know, I don't. I'm not trying to personalize this in any way, but I have to because it's me. Um, but you have a, a series of uh, a, a label called Rujack. Yes. From Baltimore. Oh, there you go, Baltimore. But nobody in Baltimore knows about it. Right. It's uh, you know the all the, the my my all time inspiration was a disc jockey named Hot Rod. Uh huh. He actually came from from the, the famous Memphis station to Baltimore. Okay. And uh, I matter of fact, I love him so much. I play I play an air check from his uh, oh, from wow. him on the radio. But he never played any Rue Jack. Mm -hmm. Fat Daddy, the other the other jive talking DJ from Baltimore, they never played. I mean, I, huh. I, I listened to all the black stations. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah. You know. That is weird. Although I, I have to say, you know, because the the guy who Winfield Parker they played. Yeah. Of yeah, course. Yeah. Right. He, he, yeah, he was sort of the Otis of Otis yeah. Redding of the label, right? Yeah, yeah. And then Gene and Eddie would probably be next. Right. That was the Sam and Dave of the label. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, it, it was, it's, it's, it's such a cool uh, label, and we did find a, a lot of um, previously unissued material. Uh -huh. um, mm -hmm. But it was a singles-only label, so yeah. the guy who started it was a promoter. Yeah. And I think he started yeah. just because he figured, oh, I could sell some records at the shows yeah. or make yeah. a little extra money. Right. Because right. it really wasn't... Um, the material wasn't that well recorded, right. and it just felt like it was a little fly-by-night, uh -huh. um, but interesting nonetheless. You yeah. know? And it was yeah. it was nice to be able to um, give it a good home with right. Winfield's blessing, right. and That's good. Um, you know, just pres preserve the music. Uh -huh. um, uh -huh. But yeah, it's 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 just it's. It, it, it seems like it deserved better, so that's what we try yeah, to do. <laughs> yeah. I know that you've got some great goal that you have not reached as far as what you want to put out, and that you can't say it. I can't say it, yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but well, everybody wants to know what it is. That's the thing. It's okay. I'll yeah. Well, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this much. I'm at the point in my career where, with very few exceptions, and there's very few, yeah, one or two, um, I've, I've, I've gotten to do so many things that I never could have even considered or imagined yeah. or, you know, so yeah. um, there is a project that I've been working on for the last 15 years. Wow. <laughs> that probably is going to come out this fall and you'll know it when you see it. Oh, that's man. all I can tell you. That's fabulous. <laughs> yeah. Some of these uh. things take a long time. And um, what is it that takes, that takes so long? Sometimes it's the research. Sometimes uh -huh. it's um, sometimes it's just you know where I was. I, you know there were yeah. projects that I was working on at Capital that I couldn't that I wasn't able to get out until I started Omnivore because yeah. I was yeah. going to different companies uh -huh. and uh -huh. responsible for different things. Um, this one in particular, um, there are demo recordings. Uh -huh. um, the originals were thrown away. Oh. in the late 80s, early 90s, when they laid all of these reels to DAT. Oh, jeez. When they laid these reels to DAT, they didn't index anything on them. Oh. Um, and there were about 1,500 I had to go through to, to get to the things that I wanted to get. Oh, my God. Now that I have distilled this, I, I got about 1,800 usable tracks out of that, huh. and I've distilled it down to about 150 that uh -huh. will run across six CDs, and we're in the middle of clearing and restoring them uh -huh. because now we're stuck with compromised sources. You know, if we had yeah, the original yeah, tapes, yeah. it would be one thing. But to have had these things laid to DAT and then put on drives uh -huh. on top of that, right. um, we're, we're stuck with the frozen in time problems. Yeah. What kind of changes do you make to the original audio? Uh, well, uh, you know, sometimes I mix it because uh -huh. it's never been mixed before yeah. from multi-tracks. Yeah. Sometimes um, we have to really do a lot of restoration on a project uh -huh. um, because of the, you know, um, boy, I mean, I've had tape boxes with cigarette butts in them <laughs> and mold. And yeah, I mean, obviously mold is a... a, a yeah. It's a thing you find on tape a lot, but um, you know, it's what, what's hard sometimes is when you do not have an original source to go uh -huh. back to. Yeah. And we are chasing technology right now, and it's not because tapes are going bad; it's because digital is going bad. Yeah. The reason that they took all those dats and laid them to drives is because the dats were going bad. Huh. Well, drives go bad. You know that from your computer. Oh yeah. Right. So, all of this stuff that we've now digitized. If it's not laid back to tape, then it's it's really it's in a precarious situation. Yeah. You know, the the government lays back all of their information to tape right. for a reason yeah. because it's a stable medium. You know, the yeah. there's this misnomer um, of people who just sort of scratch the surface of interest in these things mm -hmm. that oh my god, it's on analog tape, it's going to go bad, and I'm like that. <laughs> some of those tapes are going to outlast all of us yeah. you know the ones that are stored properly yeah yeah but digital digital's a problem yeah you know so you know we we do our very best um you know s s part of the fun when it succeeds <laughs> part of the fun of my job in working with uh my restoration mastering guy michael graves who's 
one of the best at it on the planet mm-hmm. is is really problem solving you know we just we we were working on a um uh, another box set that i can't talk about <laughs> 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 but i we, we we were having to um restore this live material from japan from 1974 uh-huh. and there was a whole lot of audience missing oh. and so we couldn't make things work plus the japanese audience is so very polite like oh. they 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 <laughs> applaud and then suddenly they don't applaud <laughs> so it's very very herky-jerky sort of thing yeah. and that because of the compromises of the sources we had um and the nature of that audience it was very difficult to make it a pleasant, smooth listening yeah, experience. Yeah, yeah. So, but those those problems are, are, you know, when we solve them, and we mostly solve them, that yeah. they're pretty fun. Yeah, you don't want it sounding like when Monty Python would put a, a shot of the audience in. Exactly. <laughs> or, or strangling John Denver. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah it's, um, it's, you know, we, we can do so, mo- so much more now because uh-huh. of technology. But um, Neil Ennis. Yeah, there it is. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, we have we a go. winner. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but but long term storage is yeah. frightening these days. So. Well, you know, I've, I've had to come to terms with the fact that my work's going to go away. Yeah, because it's, you know, ultimately, I mean, it's ephemeral. It is. Yeah. I started out in in um, uh, uh, in, in print. Yeah. Which is the most ephemeral yeah. because people just, you know, line well, their garbage cans with it, you know. Well, we're, we're <laughs> ephemeral, you know. And yes. I, I feel like, you know, as much as I try to, you know, capture this stuff and throw it into the future uh-huh. to the best of, of my ability, um, you know, the, the best music was never recorded, most likely. Yeah. It happened on this stage that we're sitting in right. front of, you know, and right. then it was right. gone. And, right. Right. you know, and that's that's OK. But, you know, we can catch parts of it and pass it along. And a lot and of it wouldn't have happened if it weren't for the mob. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, mob. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. No, I mean, there's it's it. And who knows? It might just be a 20th century thing. Right. Right. By the time they get to the 22nd century, who knows? Who knows? You know, but, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the stuff that I love and care about and want to tell the stories of, that's the stuff that doing my best to throw forward and hope that some kid like me finds it and enjoys it well that sounds like a closer doesn't it is it <laughs> i think so okay well i have other <laughs> meetings to get to so <laughs> and, as, and as i always like to say when we when we're when we're closing the show that's entertainment <laughs> Ta-da. it's such a good feeling to know you're alive it's such a happy feeling you're growing inside and when you wake up ready to say i think i'll make a snappy new day it's such a good feeling a very good feeling the feeling you know that i'll be back when the day is new And I'll have more ideas for you And you'll have things you'll want to talk about I will too You always make each day such a special day You know how By just your being you 
There's only one person in the whole world exactly like you, and that's you yourself. And people can like you exactly as you are. It's such a good feeling, a very good feeling, the feeling you know that we're friends.